The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. If it wasn't so serious, it would be very funny. Well, actually, it is very funny. Somebody, somebody, I don't know who, but on social media has done the thing of a picture of Sir Ramaphosa and a lettuce. It tickles my funny bone. It is that kind of relief you get in the jump cut in the horror movie where you are like, ah, and you get a big bright and then you, oh, you giggle to yourself and you go, well, that was silly. But as Liz Truss, and it was the Daily Star newspaper, I think, in the UK, came up with the idea first. So whoever did it, it's not original, but it's still funny. Had Liz Truss and the lettuce, and the lettuce outlasted Liz Truss. The implication, of course, that Sir Ramaphosa would not outlast the lettuce. At one stage today, it certainly looked like Sir Ramaphosa was going to capitulate. It looked like he was going to go, you know what? Actually, stuff this. (laughs) I have enough money. Even if the rand goes to a quadrillion to one, I will have enough money. Damn you guys. An off go. Something has happened today where he's not capitulated because the presidency has apologized for creating the impression. There was clearly a plan for an 8 p.m. statement. And for whatever reason, he's decided not to do it. Is he going to tough it out? Is he going to brave it out? Is he going to stand up at the NEC? Is he going to run the risk of being humiliated? Oh, there's fighting the old guy yet. Personal Finance brought to you by Toyota Financial Services. Toyota Financial Services, an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. I don't want to obsess about Sir Ramaphosa and the ifs, buts and maybes. We've done enough about that this evening, Warren Ingram. But certainly we need to look at the money implications. I mean, today on the markets, sheer and utter bedlam in financials, sheer and utter bedlam in retail. Great boom uh, for anything with a Rand hedge element. Uh, what's your reading of where we find ourselves from a money perspective as the ANC does its very best to implode itself to self-destruction? I think we should treat this as any other um, political shock, uh, you know, to to investors. And and just, you know, the lesson here is, firstly, that that, as we've seen just with, you know, an 8 o'clock announcement that, that any kind of, Imminent prediction uh, ca- can be and and often will be horribly wrong, uh, and and so you know if you're an investor, uh, you know trying to to kind of make you know m- make your financial future for for the next decade or two or three, um, you know frankly what happens over the next hour or day or week uh, is actually going to be um, kind of almost insignificant, provided you don't uh, kind of do anything really silly. And anything really silly in a situation like this is, you know, to take a forecast from an economist who, you know, says, well, you know, I, I can link the weak rand to the current political and in noise and, and, uh, and, and that's bad. Well, you know, sure. Well done. You know, in that, that's what economists do. They link things to each other, but unfortunately it means absolutely nothing to your investment decisions for the next decade. So, so you've got to ignore a lot of what's going on. And, and yes, you know, as a South African, you know, we, we want political stability. We want political growth and uh, economic growth and, 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 and all of those things. But as an investor, you've got to switch off all of the emotions, if possible, and, and, and try and kind of go, go down to your most rational being and say, hey, uh, this is incredible noise. And, and truthfully, no one knows exactly what's going on. You know, maybe even the president doesn't really know what he's going to do until he's got more feedback. Who knows? 
But but the reality is anyone prognosticating now about about how this is going to unfold, and if they're doing it with massive confidence, uh, they're the charlatan, not you. You know, you're the investor. You've got to look after your money. You've got to make the right decisions for you. And and experience tells us when things are as crazy as they are right now, uh, very often the absolute best thing to do is nothing. The best thing to do is sit on your hands, let, let this play out. If if you get really bad news, what, whatever your version of bad news is about about how this situation unfolds and and the rand implodes, let's say it goes to nineteen or twenty to the to the dollar tomorrow or next week, who knows what it will do? Um, I, I think you need to understand that markets always overreact. Investors uh, or let's say speculators always overreact, and so it might blow out to twenty one. I have absolutely no idea, but what I also know is it will blow out. To too far, and then it will swing back again. And and then markets and investors will start to absorb this news, start to di- digest it properly, and then try and put realistic valuations on whatever the situation is. And that's the point where you can start to make sensible investment decisions. And very possibly, you've got a good strategy now, and whatever happens in the next few days doesn't change that strategy. You know, I think, the, and, and that's the reality of a good strategy. It should deal with big shocks. It should be able to accommodate political noise. We, we've been down this road before. I can remember oh, yeah. uh, talking to you, Bruce, about the weekend special, you know, and, and reactions. I've were never terrible. heard you more gloomy than that night. It was December. Uh, it was the day after the day before. Um, so it would have been December. It was 9-12, the 9th of December, it would be the 10th of December 2015, where you came on and sounded like Lord Slit My Wrist. Um, you were so gloomy. It was, um, and, and you've not, and, and I think you learned from that experience that actually emotion doesn't help in that time because you were really, you were really upset by it as, as we all were at the rampant stupidity. Uh, and the and the carelessness and the recklessness of Jacob Zuma in that moment. Exactly, and and I think uh, you know I think this is a the, the, this might be a similar level of emotion for very different reasons, and and that is true. You, you're, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. I'm I'm I am learning from that, and and you know while as a as a South African, I'm I'm struggling with this like everyone else is, and you know my, my wife and I are commiserating over a cup of tea and and kind of. You know, wondering what our future looks like, but 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 as an investor, I have learned a lesson from from that. And you know, and one of them is, you know, when we're when we're behind this microphone, we have a responsibility not to tell lies. I mean, we have to tell the truth, but but equally to to kind of be the barometer for people to say, hang on, uh, this too shall pass, and and we cannot get kind of overhyped and over you know over emotive about something where, where actually good logic and 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 reason will will do much more for investors than than emotion and hype and you know b- b- build up kind of the, the the emotions around this just just to get uh, excitement you know i think excitement here is hugely dangerous this is the money show we've got to be the one saying okay this is lousy and we we will absorb it and we will deal with it and and truthfully uh, you know, if it's me, I'm not. I'm not going to listen to the prognosticators. I'm not listening to the economists that are saying they were really, really, really worried about this. They've got to say that. You know, they're on an interview. They can't just say, oh, "I don't know what's going to happen." They're going to give an opinion, but truthfully, they don't know. And, and we need to kind of just stick, stay the course. If we're investors, 
stick to our strategy, don't get emotional and and be angry, you know, and, you know, and go and hit the boxing bag or something, but don't don't push sell on your investments at absolutely the worst moment, you know, then you become part of the okay. the kind of statistic, the herd. Let me be a little meaner to you then, because you know I like it this time of the year just to, to twist the knife a little bit. Um, so don't do anything radical when it comes to your investments. But let's say you've got, you know, you've been offshoring some money. Um, and every year you can use a million rand, your discretionary allowance, and you, you had a holiday and you bought some stuff on Amazon and you've got 200,000 rand you could still utilize um, as your offshore, this, this discretionary allowance. You can do anything you like with it. You can put it into one of the global accounts that the banks have got or you can send it offshore and put it in Jersey or put it in anywhere you like. Do you do it? Uh, do you utilize that offshore allowance or do you say, you know what, I'm not going to use my entire offshore allowance because this currency thing is just a little bit wild for me right now? What's the thought on that? Um, the- the, the perspective is that, that, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm listening with a little bit of amusement about how people are saying the RAND's absolutely blown out. You know, it's, it's moved out 3%. For goodness sakes, it's 3%. 3% the, the against the dollar, 5% against the euro, 7% against the pound. Yeah, I mean, different ones. Okay. 3, 3%. Because let's say we're, we're talking about a global portfolio. It's 3% against the dollar. Wow. You know, that's, that's a move. I'm not, not, uh, not dismissing it, but, Global markets are down more than twenty percent, and and they represent fantastic value. So so three uh, percent losing a bit on the rand now versus the twenty percent buying opportunity. Uh, th- that's the logical thing to do is is take advantage because you, what you're going to buy on the other side is representing good value. Uh, in, you know, so that to me is is kind of still a rational thing. It's not a knee jerk reaction to say, well, you know, let, let me draw money out of my credit card and you know let's get a personal loan. This is disposable capital that you've got lying around, uh, you know, where, where you haven't got a debt problem, et cetera, et cetera, then by all means do that as part of a strategy where you've been doing it over time because you've been listening to the money show. But, uh, you know, don't do it now when you go and, you know, kind of sell your car and and borrow money for, from the loan shark next door to do it. That's not the smart thing to do. Okay, good. Then let's talk about investments and how they might grow. I mean, I, I use the term how they might grow or might, how they will grow because over time, uh, and again, the history books are wonderful on this particular sense. Investments do grow in value. Inflation does its work and money devalues. And so the value of investments generally, if you invest in good businesses and uh, long-term prospects in good uh, economies, well, you know, that's you, you should see gains over periods of time. Uh, so how do you, how does money grow? It, it's a, you know it, it, the, I thought it was a great I mean it was a great topic for for tonight before the the most recent news and, but, and maybe okay. even more so I'm, now I'm getting, because so, I'm being a bit mean and I'm throwing this curveball at you let me pause for a moment and give you a moment <laughs> to ponder the answer the money show with Bruce Whitfield is brought to you by APSA corporate and investment banking the sole sustainability coordinators of SAPI's recent 2 billion rand five-year sustainability-linked revolving credit facility. The bravery to imagine. That's Africanacity. Apps is a registered FSP. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So let me word it slightly different. In principle, based on history, how do investments tend to grow, Warren? So... 
it, it's the question most investors will ask. You know, if I invest my money, you know, what should I expect from 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 my investments over time? And and so I looked at what kind of what are the main things that people buy as as investments, and, and I think. Probably break them down into into kind of five broad ca- categories. So in South Africa, you know, p- people who don't really like risk and 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 big swings in their investments, they they would generally buy, you know, fairly uh, low risk balanced investments. In the in the Unitrust world, they'd be called cautious funds. And over a twenty year period, right up until the end of October, the, the, those have done about just over nine percent a year. And and if we consider what's happened over the last twenty years, I think it's it's a fairly typical time. You know, some good times, some bad times, some horrific times. Uh, and and so if you're if you're out there looking for kind of just low low, low risk, but you know, a, a decent capital growth, then, then that's probably your number, just over nine percent a year. In a context where in, inflation is probably running at six percent a year, that, that means you're beating inflation by about three. Which, you know, when I do these numbers over, you know, fifty to to kind of sixty years, that that's a pretty representative number. And then I think the bulk of retirement funds in South Africa, lots of people are people's RAs would generally be invested in balanced uh, unit trusts. Those are investments that have about two thirds in in shares, and and they're delivering just under twelve percent. So kind of let, let's say eleven and a half percent a year over over a twenty year period. And I think that's a very typical kind of expectation for the next decade or three as well. Um, and, and then if you're investing purely in shares, you know, let's say you're young and you've got to get the capital growth that you, that, that you need to, uh, to, to kind of fund your, your, your retirement and get that head start. Then the stock market with everything that we've had with the, you know, the last decade and all that, uh, that, that stuff that's happened in our, in our recent history, you're, you're getting around 12 and a half percent a year for the last 20 years. And, and again, just, you know, as context, that's more than 6% a year above inflation. That, that's, you know that's real growth of six. That that's a really good number. It, by, by the same token, the, the global and, 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 uh, and just exp- this idea of like twelve percent a year. It sounds very nice. It doesn't feel like very much. But when you look at it being six percent better than inflation over twenty years, the compounding effect of that six percent outperformance over inflation is absolutely enormous. Your, your money. I mean, I haven't done that exact sum, but just uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, if I had to do a thumb suck, I think you probably find your money's tripled over that time, yeah. uh, and not not tripled above inflation, but 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 certainly tripled. And that's that that's really good going. You know, when you're sure. when you're doing nothing in terms of labour, you're not putting effort into that. You know, you're just sitting back and letting it do its thing. Uh, that that that's a lovely growth rate to, to to get. And just think about all the stuff that's happened. You know, that's the financial crisis. It's you know the weekend special. Uh, you know, Zuma at his best. All of that, all of that's in there. The COVID crash, and and that's the return that you're getting with with, with all the the kind of angst that everyone else had. You know, doing nothing and just buying. You know, uh, the, the 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 stock market. You know, that's the return that you've got. I think it's it's a heck of a return. Um, and and in contrast, when you look, sorry. The, when you look at the global stock market in in South Africa, so in other words, take the global markets, but but price it in rands. Um, very interesting to note that that the global market is underperforming the the SA market over that same time frame, just under ten percent, right around nine and a half percent a year over that same time frame. So so interesting that you know this kind of run to offshore when, when things get 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 scary in South Africa doesn't always work, and in fact. You know, three percent a year over twenty years—that that's quite a—that's a big loss.
It's so interesting because I was going to point out to you just for November, and I know it's a very short-term view, just for November, which did better? The S&P 500, this is in dollar terms, the JSE Top 40 or the S&P 500 in November? Well, um, 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 I mean, to give to give credit, I'm, I'm following uh, Skulk Low, I think, on Twitter, and he did that number, and I think the the, the JSE <laughs> smashed it. <laughs> it most certainly did. In U.S. dollars, the top forty returned seventeen percent, more than three times the S&P 500's five percent. It's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling. Just how anecdotal the stuff can be, but just how powerful it can be as well. Warren Ingram, I'm going to let you go. Um, we do have a question from Lily, which I'm going to hold over to next week, uh, next week. Um, and who wants to talk about retirement plans and all of that sort of stuff. So let's pause on that one for a second, chat about it next week. Hopefully things are a little bit calmer, a little bit clearer and a little bit more steady than they've been for the last 24 hours. Warren Ingram, personal finance uh, uh, expert. He is an advisor and he's also a director at Galileo Capital.